But that thing about winning got a hold to me. The devil tries to convince you of something different. And I need somebody to give him my own. No, you didn't. Y'all must not have had parents like me. Who you think you talking to? Oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't. Sometimes that's what you got to tell the devil. Oh, no, you didn't. We win. I know you got your mask out. I know, I know we masked up. We're trying to be safe, but somebody say we win. I'm going to let that sit for a second. Because see, too often we wait on somebody else to pump us. But I just need you to look at whatever area in your life the enemy is trying you in. <laughs> your body, your mind, don't make me no difference. I need somebody to go ahead and declare we win. Now I know somebody wants me to say I win and make it individual, but watch this. Something happens when we get to winning together. All this I talk is what got us into some of this trouble in the first place. I is why we got messed up marriages. I is why we can't parent. Somebody needs to start declaring a we in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We win. We win. Bible says in all these things I'll get to that verse in a minute I love the NASB we overwhelmingly conquer King James says you're more than a conqueror the reason the writers put the word more than or overwhelmingly is because the word conquer in that text does not simply mean victory I taught it a few weeks ago. It's a blowout victory. You overwhelm y'all. Y'all ever seen a basketball game where the other team getting blown out so bad that they pull all the starters in the third quarter? Y'all. Y'all. We gonna play the bench for the whole rest of the third and the whole fourth because y'all getting beat so bad that it's actually impossible for you to catch up. The Lord says, when you get a hold of faith and a life that is in alignment with him, I heard one preacher put it like this and I hope y'all hearing me in the spirit. Let me speak over somebody's life. God, okay, 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 okay. God, yes, I want to run down this aisle. God is about to start handing out sweatless victories. Okay. That's okay. I heard him say it 
And that thing just came back in my spirit. I, first time I heard sweatless victories, I was like, what's that mean? But I need to declare that over somebody's life right now. I'm talking about a victory where you ain't got to travail. You can keep resting in him. Okay, a couple people gonna go ahead and receive that sweatless victory. I said, I'm talking about a victory where we winning and we ain't even working hard. When I read the Bible, maybe y'all reading something different than me. I never saw Jesus sweat in victory. I didn't see Jesus struggle to heal. I never saw Jesus have to raise his voice to make sure he got through. I never saw him travailing with a devil. He had sweatless victory. Jesus walked into a circumstance and began to speak. And I'm speaking to the people of faith in this room. And everybody who's watching me, wherever you at, I declare sweatless victory. You can't declare that. Why can't I? Why can't I de declare it? As he is, so are we. You can't declare that. The works that I do, shall you do also. And greater works than these. You can't declare that. Be ye holy. I just need a couple of y'all to go ahead and receive sweatless victory. Matter of fact, somebody needs to repent for sweating when you could have rested. Lord, my bad. I messed around and thought that I had to work when you said that my victory is according to the power not in me that worketh through me. So you mean to tell me that I can receive the words of Paul that said when I am weak y'all not listening then I am strong oh I need somebody to go ahead and say I'm sorry God I've been sweating trying to do stuff on my own I've been sweating trying to get there on my own but today in this sanctuary I receive sweatless victory somebody just go ahead and say I receive it Hold on, hold on, hold on, cause some theologian, let me go ahead, I hear him yelling at me. I hear some theologian trying to mess up. Let me go ahead and slice this sacred cow in the throat. Hold on, Bishop. God told Adam that by the sweat of his brow, that's what he said, well watch this. The covenant made with Adam was ratified in Abraham. Hey, I'm not subject to the covenant made with Adam. 
because Galatians 3 says if ye be Christ you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to that promise what's that promise look out at the stars so shall your seed be what's that promise look at the dust of the ground so shall your seed be and all Abraham had to do was walk in it he didn't have to sweat he had to walk in it sweatless wait a minute wait a minute Wait a minute. But Abraham went to war. I'm about to show y'all sweatless victory. I'm trying to get to this text. He did. Abraham went to war with four kings. So there were four nations coming against one man. And the Bible says, I'm showing y'all sweatless victory. He went out and against four kings got a few of his men hunting some of them trained in his house y'all how in the world Ganey you gonna take a few people against four nations because he had a word over his life I don't care how many of them it is I'm declaring sweatless victory by the time Abraham got done he conquered all four kings got back Lot and on his way with Lot in tow ran up on Melchizedek and when he runs up on Melchizedek he said oh let me go ahead and give since I see you y'all not here he says and the reason I want to give is because I don't want nobody to think that a man made me rich Abraham was trying to make somebody understand where I am ain't got nothing to do with anybody but the Lord. When Abraham, when the scripture says Abraham was very rich, when Lot was able to eat off of Abraham's table, it was not because Abraham was so good, but it was because God's hand was on him and everywhere the soles of his feet trod manifested a sweatless victory. I'm trying. I just need somebody to receive sweatless victory. But hold on, Bishop. I hear you. But his wife couldn't have kids. No, what the angel actually said is, when it's time. And watch this. The manifestation of the miraculous actually took place in the midst of Abraham's pleasure. Y'all missed it. Somebody called. You mean to tell me that you're going to give me what I've been dreaming for and there's no pain associated with? You're, the Bible actually said, are you going to allow me to experience pleasure in my old age? Okay, y'all need some more scripture. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Sweatless victory. I'm going to leave y'all alone. Somebody say, I receive it. Get your Bibles and your notes out. I'm going to teach. I really am. I feel like sitting down. <laughs>
I promise somebody need to repent right there. Sweatless victory. I'm about to come out of this thing smiling. Somebody, I said, I'm about to come out of it smiling. Smiling. But they tried to, I'm about to come out this thing smiling. <laughs> Ooh, wee, I will get stuck there. Anybody want to build this year? I said, does anybody want to build this year? Truth is this. Y'all give me a few minutes. Truth is this. I'm not trying to get us to build in 2021. I'm not trying to give you a 2021 victory. That's not the point. I don't want you to be a consecrated builder for 365 days. Truth is, for any of my homeowners, even after the house is built, building still must get done. There's always work to do. So, I need somebody to be a builder. Not just do building, but to be a builder. If you're going to be a builder, you're going to have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you're going to be a builder, it's not just about what you say, it's about what you do. So when we decide we decide, because that's what this series is, if we decide that we want to be, we have to understand that we're really striving, listen to me as I'm laying this groundwork, to be someone who prays. Listen, and not someone who just does prayer on occasion. There's a difference. We have to decide that we're going to be someone who walks in faith. Because somebody was just shouting for sweatless victories, but don't want to walk in it. You have to be someone who walks in faith. And not someone who just does faith actions on camera. Or for the approval of others. If we want to be consecrated builders, we have to decide that we're going to be someone who forgives. I said be someone who forgives. And not someone who does forgiveness once conviction becomes unbearable. Some of you, conviction got to about kill you before you forgive. Which ultimately means you're not forgiving. Forgiveness is not in your DNA. You're just doing it when it's your last resort. You have to be someone who's healed.
I said, you have to be someone who's healed. Be someone who's delivered. And not someone who has a veneer over their reality. You know, someone who put a coat of paint on top of the damaged wall. Someone who simply slid a table in front of the hole. Someone who simply said, as long as you don't touch it, I'm fine. Some of you in this room are hurt. And you covering up how hurt you are. Because you keep protecting the damaged part of you with a veneer of tears, a veneer of shouting. Okay. Nothing wrong with giving God praise. I shout, run, all that with the best of them. But a lot of our praise is actually a cover-up for truth. You leave church, we church today. Doc, we churched. Well, well, who was healed? Who was delivered? Who was set free? Well, Sister Spoon, boy, she shouted out of her shoes. But Sister Spoon left with somebody else's husband. So what did the shout actually do? Well, Brother Fork, man, Brother Fork, did you see him? It got good to him. But it didn't get good enough for him to apologize. The musicians, they took us up, whatever that means. The musicians, did you hear them? They took us up. And when they got off the instruments, they didn't hear the sermon. They went outside to smoke that $10 sack they had and told they boo in the pew carrying their illicit child to text them when it was time for the preacher to close. So what I'm saying is I want us to be consecrated builders. I'm saying that we want to be who God called us to be and not just do Christian-y things. Don't nobody care about your Christian sweatshirt? Now, I'm getting to my subject. I really am. I'm going to go to quarter till. It's 1113. I'll go by that clock. It'll help y'all. Conviction is a decision. Write it down. 
Conviction is a decision. It's a decision that I will not be swayed by what I see. I said conviction is a decision. It's a decision that I will not be swayed by what I see. I will not be swayed by how I feel. Oh, Lord. And here's the hard one. Here's the hard one. I will not be swayed by what I have experienced. One more time. Conviction is a decision. It says, I will not be swayed by what I see. Okay. I will not be swayed by how I feel. All right. But I also will not be swayed by what I have experienced. Hold on. Excuse me, Bishop. You can't take my experience from me. I didn't say you didn't experience it. But the problem is, many of us are allowing legitimate experiences to rob us of legitimate victories. But last year you did, sure did. And God trying to do something new this year. Now, Bishop, it wasn't last year. Yesterday, they did. And God trying to do something new today. Let me say this before I put my subject up. The Red Sea was closed right before Moses lifted his hand. You got it, didn't you? I said the Red Sea was closed not a month before right when he got to it it was closed one action changed everything not like he was on the way and God said I prepared a path a year ago no 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 Moses got to the Red Sea. He saw it closed. He knew it to be closed. And he heard the rumblings of death all around him. And one action changed everything. Here's my subject. Decide to do what? Remove what was. Excuse me? Decide to what? Remove what was. Hmm. Not what you thought. Not what it could have been. Not removing assumption. <sighs> Today, we're going to decide that we're going to remove a legitimate pain to get to a legitimate victory. Woo, I feel all right. 
They sang me hoarse, but I'm going to preach. I'm telling you. Let's recap. Y'all did it. It's y'all's fault. Don't come for me. All right, let's recap. Romans 8. Let's recap. Two verses, quickly. In all these things, in all these things, say these things. Well, how do we know what these things are? Well, there's a list before that which pretty much says, Elder Josh, everything. In all of it, all these things, overseer, means even the legitimate things. So, the doctor saw for sure something on the x-ray. You saw it too. The doctor showed you the x-ray. And that verse says, in those things, not just the ethereal, not the maybes, the legit, we still overwhelmingly conquer. We still overwhelmingly conquer. Why? Because I'm convinced. That's what Paul said. Because I'm convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, principalities, nor, here it is, things, watch it, present. Oh, we like to rush past this. Not, hey, things, help me, present. Nor things to come. Wait a minute, you mean to tell me? Watch this, listen. Nothing present is bigger than my present God. But they said I couldn't get approved because my credit was too low. They pulled my credit at the bank. I saw it with my own eyes. And they said I couldn't get approved for the house, nor things present. The Lord is like, do you really think that a three-digit number is bigger than let there be? Are you really about to shrink back in faith over a three-digit number? You about to tell, you about to let somebody talk you out of faith in God. Cause they showed you a three-digit number and declared a two-letter word. Three-digit number, credit score, two-letter word, no. And you got 66 books worth of promise. Two letters and three digits are enough to steal your praise. Man, please. Somebody ought to take that. No. <laughs> Be like, oh, okay. That's fine. That's fine. And get to reading verses like this. 
What does it say? For no height, depth. I love this. Nor any other created thing. will be able to separate us from the love of God. Okay, let me, can I dig a little further? I got 15 minutes. If none of that stuff can separate me from his love, one of the reasons that I think we miss the power of this verse is because we don't tie it to what love does. I don't get it. None of that can separate me from his love. And we read past it. And we fail to associate our connectivity to the love of God with our connectivity to the power of God. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only. Wait a minute. So if his love is so efficacious that it will prompt him to give all he has, you think that that same love can't prompt the same God to heal you? You think that same love can't prompt God to deliver, to set, I hear you God, things, Lord, I want to run, right? Let me say this, because I already done declared sweatless victories. Let me say this. For he that has an ear, God wants to set things right in here. Oh, oh, oh. I said he want to set it right. Here's the problem. We like the wrong we've settled in instead of the right he's promised. All right, let me move on. I ain't even got to my verse yet. But thanks be to God who gives us what's that next word? Victory. He gives us the what? Through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, since I got victory, we did just sing it right. Y'all was just hollering over sweatless victory. Well, since I got victory and stuff, be steadfast. Since I got the victory, be immovable. Since Jesus died, since he hung, bled, and died and did not stay dead, but got up with all hey, power in his hand, be always abounding. Since, since, you know, since God is good and everything and since he never fails and since he never lies and since he never gave up in the work of the Lord, knowing, what do I know? My toil is not in vain. Let me go ahead and hit this devil in the mouth. How much am I supposed to take? It's not in vain. How long am I supposed to do it? It's not in vain. Come on now, you don't give up till God gives up on you. Now, if we want to get here, if we want to get convinced, we got to have a legitimate encounter. Not a church, 
None of that. A legitimate encounter. A legitimate encounter. He be looking out for me. Thank you. See, that's when you know Orlando want me to preach because he get to bring in tea. Bless you. A legitimate encounter. I'm coming for that tea in a minute. It's hot right now. We often don't initiate the encounter. The Lord does. We're not calling out to God. God calling out to us, right? How many of you can testify? I wasn't even trying to fool with God, but God was trying to fool with me. Okay, some of y'all lying. How many of y'all can testify? I was messed up. And God was like, come here. Okay, y'all, some of y'all acting real brand new. I'm talking about, see, that alone, when you look back over your life and think things over and get to recognizing where you were and what you used to do, and not only where you were and what you used to do, but what you enjoyed. And then in the midst of all of that, I'll give it to you like the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Not died for the godly. He died for the ungodly. Hey, hey, hey. He didn't wait until I was together to die. He died knowing that his blood was enough to get me together. But then we reject the encounter. We reject it. We don't do what God wants us to do because we think it costs too much. But we can initiate an encounter. We can initiate it, but watch this. What stops us from initiating an encounter? I'll tell you why. There's a blockage between declaration and manifestation. I don't get it. There's often a blockage between the churchy stuff we say and the life we actually live. There's a blockage between people who say they're Christians and people who actually are. There's a blockage between people who carry Bibles and people who live them. There's a blockage between people, oh Lord, who, watch this, will stand upright in attention with their hand on their heart during the Pledge of Allegiance, turn around and cuss out their neighbor. Don't nobody want to talk to me today. Huh? There's a blockage. You got a Bible on the dashboard of your car, but that ain't stopped you from the, the numbers that's in your phone. It is not enough to say you want God. Again, it's not enough to say you want God. How is it that we say, oh God, I want you, I desire you. It's not enough to say you want God. Here's my question. How is your wanting changing you? How is the wanting changing you? Oh, we ready now. Ooh, I feel better. How is it? How is, oh God, I want you. How did that, how did that praise change you? How is your hunger and thirst for God changing your worship? How is it changing the way you pray? 
How is all this wanting and t-shirt wearing and, and posting changing how you give? How is all of that preach you saying it? Thank you, Jesus. How is that changing how you forgive? How did your last dosey do and should have bought a Honda and all that you did change how you believe? Because you got them practice tongues and that perfected dance, but you still got a corrupted heart. For many of us, our hunger is present, but we ain't desperate yet. I said, the hunger is present, but we ain't desperate yet. You know, my mama used to tell me, Robbie, Robbie, my mom used to say, I, I, be, I be going because you know it's boys. We hungry all the time. And so we be driving, Elder Josh, and I tell my mom, Mom, I'm hungry. And she be like, you better hungry at home. So my mom would say, we got hungry at home. And then I would make the mistake of responding, but I don't want that. I'm about to show you something. My mom's response to me with a little bit more aggression in her voice was, you ain't hungry. Oh, y'all. Y'all missed it. Because if you say you're hungry and I tell you there's food, but you choosy about what you eat, you ain't reached hungry. You just at the level of desire. Because when you, you ain't seen, oh, you ain't seen hungry. Hungry make you eat anything that's available. Oh, you ain't seen hungry. Hungry don't care nothing about the seasoning. Hungry don't care nothing about hot, cold. Hunger don't even care about preference. This is why people who are hungry for God don't care about what type of music you play. Hey, you ain't got to play they song. Because they're hungry for God, not style. This is why, hey, people who are hungry for God, you can play contemporary Christian music. You can play whatever they version of hymns. You can play gospel. You can play anthems. All they need is to experience God. And let me say something for my leaders that might be watching me. I know there's some pastors who watch me. Stop berating people because you think they're supposed to be tied to a particular style of worship. Stop. Truth is, your style don't mean you got substance. And maybe they're not connected to you because you don't say nothing. can't believe they went to the church down the street he can't even pull it like me that's the problem you got a hope and not a life the guy down the street whispering but he lays hands on the sick and they recover them old mothers would sing out of tune but you felt God okay y'all I'm trying I'm really am I'm messing with a 
Them old mothers, they sing a tune, they mess up all the words, but as soon as they open up their mouth, you was like, wait. I felt, wait. Wait. They didn't have all them runs. They didn't have recording contracts. Nobody even knew their name. They get to a part of the song and they didn't even, you didn't even know what they were saying, but you felt God. Now we got superstars in the church. We got people who got album contracts. They got honorariums. They charging you before they even sing, but we don't feel God. There's no power. There's no anointing. There's no breakthrough. And you think that we supposed to bow to you because you got a name there's a name that's above all other names and his name is Jesus now let me look at this narrative because I'm messing I done messed up John 4 I've been trying to get here I got 10 minutes I'm through leave me alone over there there came a woman of Samaria. Let me show y'all something. I said there's a blockage, right? We're trying to remove the blockage. We're trying to remove what was. Now walk with me. I'm not going to get through the whole thing. I already know. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Don't understand that as a command. Understand that as a request. If you read it like a command, we are interpreting, interpreting our bias into the text. That's eisegesis. The Greek construction of this, he wasn't demanding of her. Jesus was not being demeaning. So give me a drink. Understand it that way, not give me a drink. Understand, give me a drink. That's the construction. Are we good? Before somebody says Jesus was a chauvinist and y'all turn off the rest of the text right for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food slow yes slow Chantrice caught it yes the reason see we normally read past verse 8 real fast but there's something here because watch this Jesus the son of God is by himself without his disciples. If he would have been with his disciples, he would have been recognized. Many of us miss God because he comes to us in a way that we don't recognize. If Jesus would have showed up to this encounter with all 12 of his disciples, she would have instantly recognized him as a rabbi. She only recognized him as a Jew. Many of us have missed God because we were waiting for him to crack the sky when all he did was whisper next to you on your pew. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to him, watch it, watch. How is it? I got a question. That you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. If you study it, she was, that word no dealings, not only does it mean they didn't associate 
they didn't even want to share the same vessels. We see this with Peter and Cornelius' house. It was actually illicit according to the Jews. She's confused. She like, how in the world are you about to drink out of a cup that I touch? It wasn't even, see, it was one thing for him to even be in association with her. But she's like, wait a minute. You're about to share a cup with me. Which according to Jewish custom, I didn't say the law of God. You are defiled if we touch the same thing. How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I'm a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now watch this. Listen to me. What she said was true. It was a historical and present reality. I said what she said was true. Lord, I need somebody to hear me. Chris, it was true. Jews and Samaritans did. It was true. She didn't make it up. This ain't perception. It was indeed reality. It was true. But watch verse 10. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now watch this. What is Jesus doing? She states a truth. And Jesus says, I need you to move past what was. Wait, 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 wait. Jesus, Jews and Samaritans don't get along. And Jesus says, you're missing the whole thing. Because you want to look at me through the lens of your historical reality while missing your present truth. She said, Jews and Samaritans don't get along. He said, but there's someone in front of you right now that's bigger than what you knew. Uh, okay, let me make it real practical. Marriages don't come back from this. That could be true. My sister didn't come back from this. My mother didn't come back from this. My uncle didn't come back from this. My brother, all that is true. But don't allow a historical truth to be bigger than your present supernatural miracle. Jesus is like, whatever. But there's someone standing in front of you now, Lord. I'm speaking to somebody. Jesus is like, I'm in front of you now. But Friday the doctor said, but I'm in front of you now. But I just left the bank Friday, but I'm in front of you now. Don't let what is historically true cause you to bypass what is present truth. Somebody's catching this. Look at verse 11. She said, she said to him, sir, now he just done gave her this revelation, right? If you knew who I was, she said, you ain't got nothing to draw with. He's still missing it, can't he? You ain't got nothing to draw with. The well is deep. Robbie, it's true. Y'all, y'all. She didn't have nothing to draw with. 
The well was deep. That ain't got nothing to do with what Jesus can do. Lord, I'm trying. I want you to think about whatever's going on in your life. You got it? Think about your trouble. You got it? Think about where you want victory. You got it? It's true. We done with that now? Your boss can't stand you. We over it? Your kid failing. Okay? You just bought your car and it don't run and you ain't got the money to fix it. You got it? You went to the doctor. You've been doing all you can to get your numbers back in order and they not. Okay? Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I'm the one in front of you now, though, y'all. Don't you dare allow what they said to stop you from walking in what I say. You busy telling God what's true. Busy, God busy telling you what's possible. Okay, okay. I said, you busy telling God what's true. Hey, God busy telling you what's possible. One more time. You busy telling God what's true. God busy replying back what's possible. One more time. You busy telling God what's true. But God is telling you back what's possible. And he wants to know which one of these you gonna walk in. You gonna walk in what they say or you gonna walk in what's possible. You gonna walk in what you see or you gonna walk in what What's possible? Are you going to walk by faith or are you going to walk by sight? Hey, 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 hey. She's still missing it, Elder Josh. She's still, she's still missing it. She's like, you ain't got nothing to draw with. You ain't got nothing to draw with. Look, did she really want to act a fool, Ganey? You're not greater Bishop, I, you know, I love you and all. I love you and all, and I heard what you said, but you're not my doctor. I love you and all, but, you know, my kids' grades are my kids' grades. I love you and all, Bishop, and I hear what you're teaching in the Word, but you're not the banker. Y'all missed it. But I stand as the voice of the one who says let me raise up a little bit I am not the healer but I stand as the voice of the healer and if God says in his word that he's able to do hey, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power which work is in me then I stand on that thing oh, hey, 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 hey. I stand on it and I declare to you right now I don't care what they say look at this look at this look at this you're not greater than our father Jacob are you who gave us the way? Oh, you want to give me some, some facts? Watch this. Sometimes what was is so loud. Uh, 
I said, sometimes what was, bring you the call, is so loud that even when God is speaking, she's standing in front of God, having a face-to-face conversation with God. No wonder we can't believe the preacher. Because people in the Bible didn't even believe God. Brother preacher, sister preacher, brother pastor, sister pastor, whoever you are, don't get discouraged. One plants, another waters. God gives the increase. They ain't listening to him. Sometimes they ain't going to listen to you. But we got to stand on this wall and keep preaching the gospel and do not bow to the world's way of doing things. Help me. Let me come back. Sometimes what was is so loud that even when God is speaking, your response is still, listen, a product of what you know to be true in the natural. God right there in front of your face and you keep telling God what you see. He said, but I say it, but, but they say it, but I say it, but they say it, but I say it. But they said, but I said, they said, I'll never be employed. But I say, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. They said, don't nobody live from this cancer. I know. Matter of fact, I wanted you to hear the report. So that when you live from the cancer, they won't be able to stop your legitimate praise because now it took that to create this hey some people when we asking them to shut up you don't know what's in them trying to bubble out sometimes when you tell the people they doing too much you don't know where they've been you don't know what they've gone through and so when you telling somebody to stop hollering they like wait a minute I deserve to give God praise because I have come back from what should have never happened now, let me say this. Some of y'all, some of y'all ain't giving God praise. You shrieking demonically. The Lord never told you to scream. He told you to shout. There's a difference between a scream and a shout. Screaming is a fear response. Shouting is a victory response. And the discerning have to understand when the enemy has infiltrated and wants to intertwine wheat and tear and try to watch this when the congregation of the Lord is going up in a shout there's oftentimes someone in the midst is trying to scream the discerning knows that the screamer is the weak link of fear and in the midst of that you gotta say oh wait a minute you're afraid let me go ahead and build up your faith and then watch this oftentimes people are asking for their faith to be built but don't want to do what faith building requires okay I'm... Lord is trying to move us he's trying to remove what was she talking crazy matter of fact I'm gonna end Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give will become in him a well of, well of water springing up to him. He's being so nice. She talking crazy. He could have easily said, body and you don't want it. But the Lord's trying to move us. He's trying to cause us to remove what was. 
not only is he trying to get us to look past what we see with our natural eyes, but also past what we've seen, what we know, what we've known, and move us to what he is doing and able to do. I'm going to end. But let me tell you all one thing. I'm, going, I'm, about, I'm done. See, watch. Even Eileen is back there coming for me. She's like, no, you're not. <laughs> the three Hebrew boys go into the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar says, I'm going to heat this furnace up seven times hotter. True. It's true. And he did. He did it. And no amount, this is going to mess with somebody, no amount of their devotion to God stopped them from going in the furnace. Wait, wait, what did you say? Orlando, they were fully devoted to God and they still had to go in the furnace. Somebody lied, Danny, and told us that devotion to God meant we never had to walk in the furnace. <laughs> Liars. They told us, if you just get devoted, you'll never. Lies. Here's what they said. Let me show you. You're not going to make us bow. <laughs> what you're not going to do is cause me to lower my standard just because you done raised the temperature. Because I'm sure somebody was probably like, come on, just deny him once so we don't die. What you not going to do is cause me to lower my standard because you done raised the temperature. Ah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And here's what they said. Here's what I like. Here's what I like. Here's what they like. God is able. And everybody like, who he is able. He's able. He's able. He's able. He's able. They said, but if he don't, y'all missed it. He's still able. If he don't do it for me, that don't mean he ain't able. Somebody's like, I don't understand how they could do that. Because they knew, watch this, even if they died in the furnace, they would have been dying in faith to meet him. They was like, we win either way. Either I'm going to go down with the standard of God or he about to show you that he bigger than your fire. Either way, we win. But here's the truth. We want to win the way we want to win. We want a victory that looks the way we want to look. Lord, like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Sweatless victory is a mindset. What's the Bible say? Fret not thyself because of evil do. <laughs> See, that's sweatless right there. 
I'll finish the rest of this Wednesday because that's all the Lord wants to say. Somebody say, decide. We're going to remove what was. Because everybody in here can look over something that's true. That's true. Yep. Sure is. But God. Bow your heads in prayer. Father, thank you for grace and mercy. Now, Lord, allow us to be doers of the word, not just here. In Jesus' name. Amen. Clap those hands. Overseer.